All right, all right. I just noticed my, uh, I flipped it on the wrong side when I printed them, didn't I? All right. I turned it over and it was upside down. And I, my mind, I was like, I don't remember turning that upside down, but I must have printed it wrong. So, as you guys know, uh, me and the printer don't always get along. And, uh, and uh, I'm kind of like, uh, you know, the old Snoopy cartoons. Remember Snoopy in the lawn chair? You remember Snoopy fighting the lawn? That's me in the copier. It's just, it's a terrible, terrible thing. So, so pray for me. Pray for me. Uh, but all right, we're looking at Proverbs chapter 11, and uh, we're going to look at these last few verses. And tonight we're talking about earthly uh, accountability. In other words, we're looking at some things tonight that has to do with uh, how we spend our time here on earth, and whether those be blessings or, or curses even, if you will. And uh, so they're dealing with accountability uh, not only of the godly, but the ungodly while they're here on earth. And we need to understand that certainly the uh, the you know the the eternal blessings are are really you know those are the important ones. Uh, certainly, you know if we were going to categorize things, certainly those are the ones that we need to be working for. In other words, we never want to trade something eternal for something that's temporary, right? Right? You know you don't I, you know that's that's not a good thing. Um, but with that said, we also realize that there are certain choices that we can make. And this could be good or bad, but there are certain choices we can make, decisions we can make, uh, certain ways we could live our life that can either benefit us here on this earth right now or not benefit us here on this earth now. Uh, and so that's really what this is coming from. And there are certain blessings, curses uh, that we can receive, uh, again, as we might say, even on this side of eternity. Uh, we've talked a lot about Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8 that teaches us that we reap what we sow. And a lot of times these things are played out in this, this temporal life that we have right now. Um, and we've, uh, well, I say we, I, you know, I, I know I tend to get on my soapbox. There's a lot of things about our culture uh, that, uh, that I don't like. Um, and certainly some of the things that we're dealing with, uh, uh, not going to get into all that again tonight. Uh, but uh, we just know that there's just a lot of silliness going on in the world. Uh, and we've talked about how, you know, really society you know, uh, has influenced our culture, or maybe it's our culture has influenced our society. I really don't know which is which. Uh, but certainly it's resulted in a couple of generations, and maybe even three generations, that have a lot of issues, in my humble opinion, if you line some things up with the Word of God. And one of them is, is that we have several generations now that, that generally speaking, who know nothing about accountability. They, they don't understand what responsibility is. Um, we have several generations of people that really just can't even handle life in general, you know, and it's pitiful. And sometimes there's reasons for that, uh, but in my, my mind, it's like, should there be so many people that are just struggling just being a man or being a woman or, or doing right or doing wrong? You know, what, what is it with all this dysfunctionality that's out there uh, in the United States of America? And I think a lot of it has to do with accountability. And so stand with me, if you will, in reverence to the Word of God tonight. We've been sitting for just a little bit, and we'll go ahead and stand and maybe stretch your legs a little. But in Proverbs chapter 11, we're going to begin with verse 29 and just read these last three verses. And we're going to read them with some of the things in mind that I've mentioned already. And it says, He that tra- troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind, uh, and the fool shall be servant to the wise of heart. Now keep in mind, I believe these are things that pertain to our life here on earth. 
The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth, and that's why I believe we're still talking about things in the earth, much more the wicked uh, and the sinner. Father, we ask your blessing upon the teaching and reading of the Word of God tonight. And Father, I'm thankful for those that are here tonight. And uh, Lord, so often, uh, as it you know, it's just kind of a common knowledge that uh, the the Wednesday night, Sunday night crowd are often our most faithful folks. And and uh, Father, that uh, are here to hear the Word of God and to spend time in fellowship with one another and and to pray together as a church family. And so I'm thankful for that, Lord. And Father, I just pray that uh, through this message, Lord, that you know we we may not be uh, in a bad place right now as far as our service goes, Lord, but um, but by the grace of God, there go I. And uh, Father, we all can be uh, suspect that is to uh, uh, failing in certain areas of our life. And so, Lord, just help us. And if we are here tonight and we are failing in some area, Lord, maybe through the teaching of this, Lord, that we could understand that you love us. And Lord, that uh, we can we can we can choose uh, to to uh, follow you and to serve you. That if we're saved tonight, that greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. And uh, Lord, we do not have to yield uh, to things that are not of God. So help us, Lord, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus Christ's name. We do pray, Amen and Amen. All right, you can go ahead and be seated. And uh, so we're looking again at earthly accountability. What we might learn from it's just a few things. And number one. We'll look at verse 29 again, but we'll go ahead and, and uh, give you the point. Those who bring trouble to their families deserve nothing. You say, boy, that's kind of harsh. Well, that's what the verse says. Um, and that's what it, it's saying there. He that trouble in his own house. In other words, you know, we think of the family. Uh, shall inherit the wind. Uh, and that wind is, is talking about something that has no sustenance. It's, it's just not there. Now, I was thinking about this today, and, and I go back to our culture, our society, uh, however you want to see it, uh, really seems to do the opposite uh, for those who violate this. In other words, what I'm saying is it's almost like our, our government tends to, in other words, the sorrier a person is, the more they seem to get. You know, is that just me? I mean, I, I think I see that sometimes. Uh, and uh, this entitlement uh, uh, issue that we've talked about, again, I'll, I'll try not to go there tonight. Uh, I want to, but I won't. But uh, uh, again, I, I believe that to be true. It's, it's the sorrier a person is, the more they seem to get from, from our government. But we go back to the Bible, uh, what the Word of God says, and we might even talk about Jewish culture. You know, there's a lot we can learn about Jewish culture. Uh, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about following Judaism and those types of things. Uh, but being God's chosen people, uh, they, they understood what the scriptures taught. In other words, what the word of God said concerning family and those types of things. Uh, and so whether you want to call it Bible days or Jewish culture, uh, it was a lot different when it came to, to particularly, uh, children that, that, uh, didn't want to work, children that didn't want to obey, that didn't want to go out and do things. Um, and because, again, if we look at the context of the book of Proverbs, this was written to particularly a young man. And so I kind of keep looking at it from, from that point of view. Uh, and what I'm saying is is that, that the government might feel like that they need to do for those that don't do anything, something for nothing, those types of things. But I want to tell you something. God's not that way. 
God doesn't feel that way one little bit. <laughs> uh, and, and as a matter of fact, uh, if we would do it God's way, I, I just feel like we wouldn't have a lot of the issues that we have going on today. And uh, so, again, I, I believe uh, Jewish culture, what the Bible says, we could say that's how God sees it, and that's really what we want to do. And uh, so, uh, again, if we're looking at this, children, young adults, again, that disgrace their families, uh, again, that just don't want to do what they need to do, uh, uh, they, again, we talk about Jewish culture and inheritance was a huge deal. Uh, basically what they would do is if you had a disobedient child, uh, a young adult child, uh, they wouldn't receive any inheritance from their family. You know, we call that today tough love. Uh, but again, it's biblical. Uh, and it was, uh, it, it was actually, the way they saw it was, was that they would be disobeying God if they rewarded a child that wasn't doing right. That's how they saw it. They said, you know, it wasn't that it was just this tough love policy, which that's good, I suppose, but mainly they said, we're not going to do that because God is against it. Amen. Amen. I tell you, folks, uh, 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 we we oftentimes will disobey God in certain areas of our life uh, in the name of family, uh, and that's certainly something that uh, God is not pleased with. Uh, so it was something that was unthinkable for a parent to reward a sorry child uh, who didn't do anything that caused grief. Uh, and Solomon here, he uses wind as an example. In other words, something that you know doesn't have any substance. It's just, it's there. A rebellious, difficult child deserved nothing. They should receive nothing. Uh, and certainly uh, Jewish culture uh, would attest to that. But I believe it was because it was from the Bible. Now, we look at that today. You know, that's not going to go well today, is it? That, you know, people are like, oh, that's just too, you know, that's way out of line. Um, uh, but, but if we instill that, what I believe, unbiblical thought into our children when they're young, they grow up the same way. You know, and instead of having a teenager that sits around all day and does nothing, now you got a 35, 40-year-old that sits around and does nothing. You see? And so God knows what he's talking about, amen? You know, in uh, an example would be, okay, little Johnny, and, and this is the, you know, this is the mentality of today that's just the opposite of what God says here. Little Johnny, now I'm going to give you an ice cream cone so you'll stop misbehaving. How many times do we see that? Well, they're only acting up because they... You know, they, they need something. So we're going to reward them, and we're going to reward them, and they'll stop misbehaving. Let me just tell you something. That is not biblical. That's not what God says at all. Um, it, you know, uh, God has a lot to say about children that misbehave, and believe you me, it's not rewarding them. Amen? Uh, and we'll get to those verses uh, sooner or later. But uh, that will be a child who will grow up uh, with his thinking backwards. And I believe that's what we see a lot today. Uh, what we need to understand is bad behavior should never, ever be rewarded. And we see there what God says should happen to such a person. In verse 29, uh, it says at the end, and the fool shall be servant to the wise of heart. And I go back to this mentality sometimes. Uh, uh, I've heard people say, well, you know, uh, the reason that young person doesn't work hard is because you need to give that young person a position you know, give, give him a little bit more responsibility and that will encourage him. Let me just tell you something, 
from my experience of working a lot of people over the years, that has never worked. <laughs> and besides that, that's backwards. Um, again, that's rewarding uh, a wrong behavior. Uh, they'll say, well, the reason that he or she is the way that they are is because they're discouraged and they feel no self-worth. And, and so, you know, if you just give them a little bit better position, it'll give them that little boost that they need. I, again, uh, that might sound noble, but that is the opposite of what the Scriptures teach. God says that a position of authority ought to be earned, not just given. You know, um, young people need to prove themselves in small things first. I think I've shared with you before, I uh, told both of my children, look, if, if you get a job and you're cleaning toilets, clean that toilet better than anybody ever has, and you won't clean toilets for very long. They'll have you doing something else a little better. But if you can't even clean a toilet right, do you think they're going to let you do something else? Right? Doesn't that make sense? And, and so again, we these are things that, that I believe that, that are backed uh, by the Bible. And so our text here, there, get back to our text in verse 29, is telling us that, it's teaching us that an underachiever uh, is going to end up serving the, the wise of heart. Uh, and there's also a great saying, I believe there's Bible verses that would back this up as well, I can't think of any, but I'm sure they're there. But uh, those who follow well also lead well. And that's been my experience out in the secular world. When somebody that followed instructions well and did what they were told, uh, were on time, worked hard, those that were good followers also make good leaders. Amen, I believe that. Uh, and so uh, those who bring trouble, again, as we go back to the context here, bringing trouble to their families, again, not wanting to work, not wanting to do what they're supposed to do, uh, they, they don't deserve anything. Uh, and that's what God says. Uh, they don't deserve anything. Number two, the righteous bear fruit and win souls. Uh, the fruit, verse 30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Uh, we are uh, to reproduce, and uh, not just in the bringing of children through the marriage of a, of a husband and wife, a male and a female, uh, but also we're to reproduce uh, in the spiritual birthing process. In other words, as Christians, we're to reproduce other Christians. That's what soul winning is. And I love it uh, that uh, we see those words together, winneth souls, uh, uh, because I believe that's important to understand. And that's what Christ told Peter to do. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. Um, I will make you a fisher of men. And uh, Peter, in other words, uh, you will be fishing, but not for fish, but you're going to be fishing for men, that is to see them saved. Uh, and certainly that's something that, that ought to speak to all of our hearts uh, here tonight. In other words, you know, uh, we get back to this verse, your, your life will bear fruit, and that fruit is other people. Uh, that other people, in other words, gaining eternal life. Um, uh, you know, again, the tree of life. All that has to do with salvation uh, and being used of God uh, in, a, in a way uh, that leads and points and even, uh, uh, you know, sharing the gospel literally with folks and and uh, showing them from the Bible how they can be saved. That's what soul winning is all about. And again, it's not us winning the souls. Uh, it is God winning the souls. But the result is that you want to see souls saved. Amen? Now, those on the other hand, as we think about this, that only think about their self. In other words, they're just so focused on their issues and their problems. They have tunnel vision. Um, 
thinking for whatever reason that nobody else has problems. You know, <laughs> you know. A lot of times, I think people think the most faithful Christians they don't. The reason they're so faithful is they don't have problems in life, and that's not true, is it? That's not true for one bit. Amen. You know, uh, I, 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 I could, I could spend the rest of this time that we have just naming people one by one that suffer with so many problems in life, physical problems, family issues, but are faithful and steadfast. But the difference is they don't necessarily want to be coddled for it. They don't have to have everything handed to them. As I go back to some of the mentality that we see in the world today, and by the way, somebody that's like that, they're never going to be a soul winner. You know, I mean, how, how you know, uh, how can somebody... Uh, lead somebody to Christ that's not even trusting or living for Christ themselves. You know, this is not going to work. Uh, and so again, they're so focused on their hurt and those types of things uh, that, uh, again, it's, it's, it's just the opposite of what this verse is telling us. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. He that winneth souls uh, is wise. And then number three, both the righteous and unrighteous suffer while on this earth, but the righteous will suffer more. Verse 31, Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth. And there are some theologians that have a little different uh, take on this, but, but I believe this is correct. Uh, let me read it again. Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth, much more the wicked and the sinner. Uh, and the Bible plainly teaches that, that believers, we have tribulations here on this earth, don't we? I mean, we have, we have struggles in life. We, we have to deal with a lot of the same things that that uh, uh, lost people uh, deal with. You know, it rains on the just and the unjust, and uh, good things can happen, bad things can happen uh, to both saved and lost. Uh, but the, the, the saved, though, as we get back to understanding this is about earthly things, I believe, they, they not only have an eternal war, reward for their suffering, as long as they're suffering for the righteous things they do, but also they have an earthly reward as well. In other words, uh, I believe that God blesses us when we're, we're falsely accused. In other words, God blesses us when we're persecuted solely for standing up for Jesus. When, when, we're, when we're living for the Lord and we make a decision based on what the Bible says that goes against the grain, um, you will certainly reap the benefit of that in heaven, but I believe you also reap it here as well. And so living a sincere, living a uh, godly life, listen, it benefits you right now. Amen. Uh, and so, so again, I think that's real important uh, to to understand. We may not see the blessings. Uh, in other words, I think we're going to get to you know when we get to heaven someday, we're really going to realize even better just how good God was to us while we was on this earth. How many times He kept us from things that we could have went through, but we didn't go through simply because of the grace of God, because we turned left and stood a right. You know. Those types of things, you know, God controlling all that. But the Bible plainly tells us, First Timothy four eight, for bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Now listen, godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is. There it is. You believe God tonight? That tells me, listen, that godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of the life that now is. It goes on to say, and that of which is to come. So that's why the, the life that, the godly life that we live here, certainly we're going to be rewarded in heaven for it. 
And by the way, the Christian, we need to understand that, that the bad decisions and unbiblical decisions we make can cause us to lose rewards in heaven too. One of these days I'm going to teach on that. Uh, but, but to go back to, to what we're talking about right now, that when we live a righteous life here on this earth, we will be blessed here on this earth as well. And uh, God makes that promise. Now, on the other hand, it's just the opposite for the wicked. As we see there, uh, those that, uh, uh, you know, we, we could say the, the, the unsaved, but I even, you know, carnal believers, uh, believers that are rebelling against God. Much, much more the wicked and the sinner. In other words, there, you know, certainly are a lot of people out there that are struggling with bitterness and anger and hard-heartedness and unforgiveness, and certainly that's going to produce some fruit in their lives that really only adds to their happiness, and, and God is rewarding that uh, on the negative side, if you will, uh, and they're going to suffer. Uh, in other words, when they suffer, they're suffering because they're doing wrong, and where the Christian is suffering because they're doing right, and so the suffering for the one that's doing wrong is even going to be even even worse. Uh, and we see that in a lot of people's lives today. And, and we wonder how people can be so mean and, and so cruel and do, do ungodly things. Well, that's why. That's why. And, and so, again, these are some things that, that we certainly wouldn't want to have creep into our own lives. And so, just, you know, by way of application, just, I just want us to, uh, each of us, determine tonight... And hey, maybe you're on the mountain tonight. I, I, hope, I hope everybody in here is on the mountain tonight. In other words, things are just going well. God's answering prayers and you're seeing some things happen and you're busy for Jesus and, and uh, you're singing hymns all day long. And Praise the Lord. That's a wonderful time. Amen. Now, that's great. That's great. But as I said a while ago, we can, you know, we can go from that to the other really quick, can't we? You know, just, you know, uh, things, things can just, just pile up on us. And, and we all probably deal with that at one time or another. Uh, but so just ask God to help you to live righteously. You know, free of unforgiveness, free of that bitterness towards others. Ask God to, to help you to continue to, to serve in the church and to love the brethren and be faithful in the things of God. And, and if you're not doing those things, begin to do those things. And that really is a legacy, if you will, Fruit, that is, that will continue to influence others, really even long after we're dead and gone. That kind of testimony just reaches far. And I think that's important. And so as believers, our lives should be lived in a way that produces something of true value in another person's life. Amen? You know, again, we go back to why people are so unhappy all the time, because they are so focused on self. They are so focused on self. Uh, that 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 the happiness of others isn't even on their radar, <laughs> and certainly God says otherwise. Hey, when you start loving and sacrificing and and uh, even being abused, you know, spiritually and having your feelings hurt, you know, those types of things, you know, because not you know sometimes you reach your hand out to people that get slapped back, doesn't it? it? Gets bit. That's okay. God will bless you for that. Amen? You know, you don't go, well, that's the last time I'll ever do that. No, you just lost your blessings. It's gone. And so, again, these are things that can creep into our lives. Um, and, and, again, lived in a way that produces something of true value in another person's life. Uh, think about how Paul and, and even our Lord and Savior invested in the lives of other people. 
you know, Jesus invested in the lives of those very same people that later would say, crucify him, crucify him. Amen. Amen. And so heaven forbid that we would ever, you know, by our bitterness and unforgiveness and foolishness and, and, and carnality, you know, we don't, that also influences others, but not in the way that, that it needs to. We don't want to influence people in a way that brings them down that causes them to stumble, that brings reproach upon the name of Christ. Let us be like Paul, who said in 1 Corinthians 9.19, For though I be free from all men, yet I have made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And certainly if you study the life of Paul, that's what he did. Uh, to the hurting of his own body, and even uh, at the last, the taking of his own head, was because he put that into practice. So Paul put others first, even you know when he didn't have to. That's what he did, and uh, just so he could see more souls come to Christ. I, I tell you, when we when we get our when we get our eye on souls, it really changes your life completely. All of a sudden, you're getting over some things. Amen. He who wins souls is wise. Amen. So we want to put others first. Now, I don't know about you, but. But uh, I, you know, I I am uh, preaching to myself tonight. I I I let self get in the way of God way too much, way too much, uh, and it's not a fun place to be. And uh, so, brother Brad, he's going to get some music together. We don't have a pianist with us tonight, and so I'm going to ask you to stand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed just for a minute or two. And the invitation's open. You can come to this altar anytime you'd like. But I might just challenge you tonight. Again, I believe this is the faithful bunch, and and I appreciate you being here tonight, and certainly don't want to be preaching to the choir. But again, we all have our struggles in life and things that we deal with, and I might just ask you: Have you have you uh, given much thought lately to this this idea, this Bible truth of earthly accountability? Um, and I might ask you: How busy? How focused are you? on heavenly things compared to earthly things. Uh, you know, are you making that foolish trade? Are you spending all your worry and time and money and energy on things that will not matter maybe even next year, much less 10 or 15 years down the road, and not focused on those things that have eternal value, things that really matter? I don't know about you, but i got family that needs to be saved, you know. Um, and we probably all do. You know, we've got friends. We got we got work to do. Uh, and again, it's through this local New Testament church. And so we might just challenge you tonight about this thought of of these earthly uh, things that we've talked about, and uh, ask God to speak to hearts. Father, we come to you tonight, thanking you for your love and mercy and grace. And uh, Lord, that you would use. Uh, I'm speaking for myself. You know, my dysfunctionality, my brokenness, my um, undependable at times for you. I, I don't do what I should do. I do what I ought not do. Uh, uh, oh, wretched man that I am. And so, Lord, I, I can only speak for myself. And, uh, but, Lord, I pray that if there's any others that, that struggle in those areas, dear Lord, that we might just come, and again, even if it's a small thing, Lord, we know that a little fire is a lot easier to put out than a big fire. So, Lord, may we come and just take care of that tonight. May we might even just come and say, Lord, help me with my attitude. Help me with my, 
my my thinking. And uh, Lord, am I am I not focused uh, the way that I need to be? And and maybe some of the things that I'm going through right now, these hard times that I'm going through, it isn't always the case, but often it is, Lord. It's just simply because we're not making biblical decisions. So Lord, help us tonight. Get a hold of some things. May this altar feel uh, full of people with hearts that want to do right for you, that want to make serving you their prize. And we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it all. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. The invitation's open. If God's speaking to your heart, you step out and come. You step out and come. The invitation's open. Need to come and do business with the Lord. Right now's the time. Maybe you got a loved one you'd just like to come and pray for. Maybe they're struggling. Maybe they've gotten away from the Lord. Maybe they need to be saved. This would be a wonderful time for church family to come together and pray about those things. Come pray for our youth, our young people. Come pray for our soul winning efforts. So much that we need to pray about uh, concerning this ministry. Won't you come? Won't you come? still open. God's speaking to hearts. If you're here tonight, you need to be saved. Lord, tonight would be a wonderful time to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Be happy to get somebody to take the Bible and show you how you can be saved. Let's not leave here tonight with any unfinished business. I sure hope we never come to church and leave the same way we came in. We never want to leave the same way we came in. We want to leave a little better, a little closer to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Still time to come. Still time to come. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Brother Brad. I appreciate that. All right. Well, God bless you. Let's be in prayer for one another and uh, uh, just be in prayer for the men that are going to be working on the roof and, and the weather and all. There's going to have to be some some planning first for the next